0: Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. Many people come to church with expectations and often leave disappointed. Perhaps they thought it was boring or lack depth, while many are just doing their duty others were hoping for a genuine encounter with the living God. While it might be easy to blame the church, the night before the cross, Jesus gives the apostles and all of us the key. It's contained in a concept Jesus called abiding. This means staying close to Jesus throughout the day, and that will revolutionize your church experience. Let's hear more from Jesus in part one of Pastor Jim's message, Experiencing Jesus.
1: Well, last week we talked about the sensation that many, if not most people have at times in their life, that something is missing. The the feeling that there has to be more to this life. And while that's true for many, if not most people, it can also be true for many, if not most, followers of Jesus who are looking for more in the Christian life. John 15 is after the Last Supper, the night before the cross, Jesus is teaching the apostles about what is often missing in our lives, and a word that he refers to as abiding, and that's how we experience Jesus in a deep way, and so that's why I've entitled today's message Experiencing Jesus. Now, after Jesus died on the cross, rose from the dead, ascended into heaven, he calls the apostles and all of his followers. That would include us if you're here watching today and you're not a follower. I'm really glad that you're watching. But he calls all of us to what I would call an, uh, an interior life of intimacy with God that has an outward expression. So both are very important. You can't have the inward without the outward, and the outward without the inward, it just doesn't work. Here in John 15, we see Jesus views what the Bible refers to as discipleship. Now let's just stop there for one second. In our culture, we think disciples are like these super-Christians, but that is not at all how the Scripture speaks of it. A disciple is simply a a learner and follower of Jesus. So everyone who would say that they are a Christian is supposed to be following Christ's model of discipleship. Every follower of Jesus is a disciple in terms of being attached to Jesus and what Jesus refers to in this chapter as fruit-bearing. It's important to be clear, and we'll begin to look at this more next week, that fruit bearing is a result of abiding in Jesus, of being attached to Jesus, not to human achievement. So if a, if a branch of a tree has a piece of fruit on it, it's because it's attached to the, to the tree. And that's what Jesus is going to explain to us today. Uh, let's set the scene. Last supper is over. Judas and the thing about Judas is he goes off to betray Jesus. Why? I'm convinced that Judas lost his identity. His identity was no longer in being a follower of Jesus. His identity was in his own agenda. And Jesus knows that Judas has gone off. The, the apostles know that the town is hot. A lot of people, it's Passover week. A lot of people hate Jesus. They're, they're looking for him. They know the religious leaders want to kill him. Jesus has been telling the apostles that they're trying to, going to try and kill him. And Jesus just says to them, has just said to them, I leave you peace. Now, you got to be thinking, is that possible with all the trouble that's going on in Jerusalem? Is that possible with all of the trouble that's going on in our country and in our world? To have an inner peace, an inner stability in light of the, the instability and the peaceless world around us. Jesus would say, Yes, it is possible. How? By continually abiding or being attached to him and and by continually experiencing him. At the end of chapter 14, he says this, arise, let us go from here. And now Jesus is gonna teach the apostles about abiding by using a familiar image to the apostles, a vine in a vineyard Now, sometimes people wonder, were they actually walking through an actual vineyard? I don't know. And while that might be a picture that we have, they would have even if there's a vineyard or not a very different picture in their minds, because as being raised as religious Jews, they knew that in the Old Testament, the vineyard, or the picture of a vineyard, was an image of Israel. And they were God's vineyard. And despite God's love, very sad, despite God's love, the nation was not a fruit-bearing nation. They were not bearing the fruit of God, if you will. And at times, they were just like this wild growth. They were not really a tame or neat vineyard at all. There's a lot of places in the Old Testament we could look at. If you're taking notes, you might want to write down Psalm 80s. a long explanation of it, but I'm just going to read from Isaiah 5, just one of the verses in the midst of a longer explanation. Isaiah 5, 7, he says, For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house, that that means nation, of Israel. And the men of Judah are his pleasant plant. In other words, he delighted in the people of Judah. He looked for justice, but behold, what did he find? Oppression. Another version says bloodshed. Another version says Injustice for righteousness. In other words, he looked for righteousness, but behold, a cry for help. Another version says he heard a cry of distress. So, in other words, the Lord is completely displeased with the vine or or the vineyard of Israel. Now, to experience a fulfilled Christian life, now that does not mean the absence of trouble. Let's make sure we we nail that one down. A fulfilled Christian life does not mean the absence of trouble. To bear fruit as an individual follower of Jesus and a church, fruit that is pleasing to God, that we'll begin a lot more talking about next week. Well, some of it to this week. And that is really the theme of chapter 15 is bearing fruit. But unless you're abiding, it's impossible to bear fruit. To experience Jesus, we're going to look at four aspects of that today. Now, before we start, for those of you who are more theologically minded, this outline drives me up the wall, even though I came up with it or the Lord gave it to me or it just popped into my head. And the reason it does is some of the points are so expansive, we could spend 10, 15 weeks on each point. So whenever that happens to somebody like me, it just drives me crazy. So some of you are like, it doesn't drive me crazy at all. That's great. Good for you. You're not a geek like me. But, but because some of the things are just the huge topics. So number one, to experience Jesus. We experience Jesus through the Trinity. We experience Jesus through the Trinity. There you go. There's a 15-week series right there. Let's look at verse one. Jesus says... I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. So Jesus begins with, I am. Now, the religious leaders, if they were there, the hair on the back of their neck would go up because that I am is the Old Testament name of God. This is the last of Jesus' seven I am statements. Some people will debate and say that there's eight of them. You can go ahead and look that up on the Internet. But he says, I am the name of God, the true vine. Now there is, so basically he said, I am God and I am the true vine. I am what Israel should have been. I am the true Israel. I am, I am the one, the, the beloved of God that Israel was supposed to point to. And so since Jesus is the true vine, if we're a branch off the vine, A right relationship with Jesus is essential to experience the blessings of our Heavenly Father. And the truth of the matter is, the sad truth, is that God's view of Israel's fruit was often one that the fruit was dead, you know, dead fruit on the ground, or it was even toxic or poisonous at times. And let's not be so arrogant to think that in the American church, oh, God could never think of us in that way and so they were dead toxic at times well why well one of their biggest problems was that israel assumed like many people still do today that they were connected to god by birth you know my grandma was a prayed the rosary so i'm in or that they were connected by god just because they did the whole temple thing or for us the whole church thing But Jesus is saying, no, 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 that's not it. Jesus is saying, I am the true vine. You must be connected to me. Now, when he says true vine, I don't think he means that, like he's saying, I'm the true vine. That's the opposite of being false. Rather, I think he's telling them, I am the perfect vine. I am the enduring vine. I am the fruitful vine. I am the eternal vine. And Jesus also says, my father, another thing the religious leaders hated about Jesus. These are the things that got Jesus killed, going around saying, I am, using the name of God, saying God is my father, not the father of the people, my father. He says, my father is the vine dresser. Some versions say the vine keeper. Some versions say the gardener. And so what are we supposed to get in our mind? We're supposed to get in our mind a picture Of the great, wonderful, fatherly care of God for his people. So here you have the vineyard of God. God is the gardener, and he's coming in and he's taking care of his people and he's blessing his people, and yet he would say that they have become wild, toxic, and even dead. Well, like any gardener, God watches over the crop, he, he tends the crop, he cares for the crop in the same way that, that he, our Heavenly Father, watches over all who are connected to the vine who is the true vine, who is Jesus. And the Apostle John has learned from Jesus, like the other Apostles, that the Father and Son always work together. They have a common goal, they, 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 they hold each other up, they, they bring glory to one another, they're, they're on the same team, if you will, and here Jesus is showing us his dependency upon his heavenly Father. I'm the true vine, but he's the keeper of the vineyard. Don't forget that it was the Father who sent the Son, John 3.16, John 3.16. Don't forget that it's the Father who sends the Holy Spirit when Jesus asked, John 14, 16. So there you have your trinity right there. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Once again, in the way that the the Father watches over the vine, Jesus, he also watches over those who are in Christ, followers of Jesus, United to Jesus through faith and trust. And what our Father also does is he empowers us through the Holy Spirit. He equips us through the person and power of God the Holy Spirit for fruit bearing and at the same time hopefully kills hopelessness, And laziness. So that's number one. Number two, we experience Jesus through pruning. We experience Jesus through pruning. Now, for many of you, I think you should pay careful attention to this because you may be right now or have been in your life and didn't realize it, you were being pruned by our Heavenly Father. I want to read this verse twice. Every branch in me that Jesus says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it might bear more fruit. Now, remember Jesus is the true vine, so we're offshoots of the vine. His father is the gardener, the vine dresser, the keeper of the vineyard. So he says, verse 2, every branch so no exemptions and no excuses everybody every branch talking to the apostles talking to people every branch in me that does not bear fruit he that would be my heavenly father takes away now we're going to talk about some of that next week but for now we're focusing on the pruning and every no exemptions, no excuses. Every branch that bears fruit, it's healthy, it's bearing fruit. Notice this, he prunes. If you don't know what prunes is, I mean, he gets out the cutters and he's, and he's cutting them back. He gets out those little cutters and he's cutting, the, he's cutting the branches back. He prunes that it might bear more fruit. Now we're going to talk to the gardeners in the group. All you gardeners, what do you do with the branches that have no fruit or no flowers? You get rid of them. You pull them out. You cut them out. Why? Because they are dead. They are in the way. They are hindering the good branches from other growth, strangling them, if you will, at times. And what here Jesus says so the gardener does what? He takes them away. He takes them away. Now, this is the story of Judas Iscariot. This is actually, I know this is not easy to hear, but this is the hearing this stuff and changing the way you think. This is the way you get to heaven. This is the story of Judas and many, many church people. In some ways, you could say they were, they were close to Jesus. They were in church. They were around the things of God, they, you know, those kinds of things like Judas. Judas was around Jesus. He was the treasurer. But they were not attached to Jesus. They're close, but they're not attached. They're fruitless, and they don't remain close and attached to Jesus. Well, why would Judas do this? Well, in the case of Judas, he did not abide. He was not connected to Christ. He was not dependent on Christ. And I suspect in his life, I suspect, and I've studied Judas a lot because as some of you know, I portrayed him in my eighth grade play. <laughs> 50% of my class when asked about what they thought about Judas, name, my name, which is always encouraging. So you're here now listening to Pastor Judas. <laughs> so, but, but I suspect he was bitter because things were not turning out the way he expected. And for a lot of people, when things don't turn out the way we expect, that can lead us to a lot of bitterness. And I have seen so many people fall away from the faith or begin to become unfruitful in their faith because of bitterness. And I don't know how much self-centeredness and false expectations could be extinguished. By abiding in Jesus. Failure to abide in Jesus makes it very, very easy for you and for me to take the cup of bitterness from the evil one and chug it down. And the thing about the cup of bitterness is it's slow to take effect and even when you realize that you drank it and you think, I've got to get on a better, call, uh, better course, the side effects of bitterness are not easy to kick. A lot of times we think, oh, I'm good. You know, the g- guy gave me you know, some, some medicine to take, some penicillin or some, something like that to take, and you think, oh, I'm, I'm all better. But then you realize, I'm still kind of funky. And sometimes you don't even realize it. You're just living out your bitterness. Perhaps you saw the new Barna survey for four months into COVID. One out of three professing Christians have stopped attending church. They're just done. Plenty of online options, plenty of other options they could go to, but they're just done. And there could be many reasons why. There could be many excuses why, including bitterness could be one of the reasons And I just want to say this, friend, if you're watching us today and that's you, you're like one of the people who would have filled out the poll or you did fill out the poll and you're like, yeah, I'm done with church and you're with us here today. Can I just tell you in the name of Jesus Christ, we are so glad you came back and we pray that you would remain. Now, some of you might say, yeah, but Pastor Jim, what we just read, it's too late. It says that the Lord takes away the unfruitful branch, and I feel like I'm an unfruitful branch. This is a very interesting thing regarding this word. Remember, translators could go from one language to another is always not that easy. Sometimes you, uh, for my Spanish friends, I always say to them, can you define the word entonces for me? And they're like, "I I can't really define it. It's more like a Oh, uh, if somebody says to you, what does uh, mean? We're like, I don't know, Uh. right? So sometimes when you go from one language to another, there's a difficulty in, in translating because it could be taken in a couple different ways. Well, when it says that it takes, that the Lord takes away, it can also mean, that word can also mean that the Lord lifts up. Now, when we get to verse six, it's different. But here, and I think that may influence the translators in this verse, but what does that mean lifts up? Well, let's just say you're a gardener and you have a vine that's growing along the ground and you know that fruit only grows on that kind of vine, not when it's along the ground or animals will come along and eat it, whatever it is, you know that you have to take it and you have to prop it up. What well, they call it a trellis. You have to put it up onto a trellis. And so here, God could be saying that when he takes it away, that I lift you up. In other words, I take something that is unfruitful, that is growing wild. I lift it up. I prop it up. So it's, if you will, airborne, up in the air, on the trellis, on a stick or whatever. And I'm giving it a chance to grow convinced with all my heart and i know that you could we could argue the ins and outs of the of the eternal destiny of judas but i can't think of any other reason why jesus would have washed his feet other than to say to him i i know you're slinking along the ground i want to lift you up i love you man i want to give you a chance and perhaps the lord is saying to you and to me today I want to lift you up. I want to give you a chance to abide. I want to give you a chance to grow. The the soul searching question is then will you let Him? Will you let your Heavenly Father lift you up today? Now this will become, if it's this is what he's saying, this will become a hugely important encouragement to the apostles when they desert Jesus, when he is arrested, and when he dies on the cross. Then like Judas, they will appear spiritually dead, but God will raise them up. You say, oh, but, but, no buts on this one. There's no buts on this one. Those guys fail big time. But God will raise them up to bring glory to God, and they will produce tremendous spiritual fruit. So, gardeners, what about the branches that are growing? Will you take care of them? And notice what it says here: He prunes the ones that are growing, that it may bear more fruit. So, gardeners, you know this, and you sometimes you, if you ever see somebody who pruned a garden, you're like, "Oh, that looks terrible." And then in a few weeks, you're like, oh my gosh, it looks great. The Lord prunes to promote, to produce, and secure the fruitfulness of followers of Jesus that are abiding in Jesus. This is an extremely important part of being a follower of Jesus. Why does God cut back and prune? Well, honestly, uh, and as for a garden, a garden left to itself, people left to themselves, produce lots of unproductive growth. And especially a vineyard will do that. But when it's healthy, a vineyard produces lush, delicious fruit and wine. And wine is a picture of joy in the Bible. And so our Heavenly Father sometimes prunes us back to get us into that place. So, gardeners, how do you prune? You cut. You cut. And sometimes you cut a lot. And for a follower of Jesus, God's pruning, please hear this, loved ones, for a follower of Jesus, God's pruning can be very, very painful. It can often involve great suffering. It can often involve great loneliness. It can often involve great despair. But they are times that God is doing a great
0: work in you. Thanks for listening to Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Changed by Love is designed to bring you hope, encouragement, and the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Please pray with us that Changed by Love will make a profound difference in many lives. We are stronger together than we could ever be apart. Teaming together in prayer is the key to a spiritually rich life. It really does take a team of praying individuals to reach thousands. Thank you for being a part of the Change by Love support team. To find out more ways to team with Change by Love, go to our website at changedbyloveradio.org or you could call 862-217-9686. Thank you for spending time with Pastor Jim Kevney and Change by Love.